It's season one, episode five of the Classic Sports Review. We've made it to five episodes. And why is that? Because I brought in Buffalo's greatest triathlete, Glenn Pulowski. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How you doing today, Kirk? <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we're going to be looking at my, my favorite baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and their biggest moment of triumph up. Uh, you know, I, I just, I never even realized, I'm guessing you're a Yankees fan. We've never even asked, talked about baseball fandom. Yeah, I am a Yankees fan. I am a Yankees fan. And again, this is you just, again, Red Sox, Mets for our first episode, then forcing me to watch the Tuck game. Now you're forcing <laughs> me to do the Toronto winning their second straight World Series. I, I'm thinking, what the hell did I get, I get myself into? This is, I, oh, this is the Canadian guy just rubbing it in the American's face. I gave you Buffalo's greatest triumph. Yeah, I, one out of five. I mean, that's what I one got. Out of five. Okay. Next okay. week in the Classic Sports Review, we're going to be doing no goal. <laughs> no, I already told you what we're doing. Well, I have an I, idea I what we're doing next next time. I have a pretty good idea. I just don't know which game. Sure. Uh, I, I did find, uh, well, I'll, I'll let everyone in on that. It's probably going to be a Team USA from the 1992 Dream Team era. I did find one with commentary where it's a tune-up game, U.S. versus Canada. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so That'll be good. That could be interesting because when I'm looking for all the ones with, on the Olympics, a lot of them don't have commentary. It's just no sound, just the footage? Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, wow. So I th at least the one I found where it was U.S. versus Angola, which is the one I really wanted to do, like the, the opening of that. But I did find uh, right. U.S. versus Canada, and it's like I don't know any of these guys except for one, Leo Routens, who uh, I think he actually played. He played so long ago, even at that point. I think he even he, I remember right. He might have even started off his career as a Buffalo Brave. What? No, come on. Well, it was '92. I, I don't, I'm not even sure. I'm trying okay, to remember. So '97. I see. I don't know when the Braves. I, I think the Braves. I might probably even before my time. I'd have to look that up, but okay. If he's if he was the veteran of the team, that very well could be possible. I'm, I I might be misremembering something he said. I didn't bother to look it up because uh, I didn't feel like it, and I didn't think I was going to bring that up. Oh, the professionalism we uh, have here at Not in Hall of Fame. Oh, oh God, I've done enough shows drunk, so there's your there's an answer about my professionalism, which is why we need an alcohol sponsor. Maybe they don't want to sponsor because of my. Drink. No, because when you incorporate the alcoholism, it does sound professional. Given well, speaking, the level. Well, and I guess that's a great segue because our cold open is Pat O'Brien. <laughs> and I wrote down nice of him not to be drunk or doing crack and not having a hooker. So he showed up to do his job. So good on him. Making, as, as you mentioned before we went on, some really lame comments that we're in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Had to, had to point out that, the, A, they're in a dome, so there'll be no rain tonight. This is Canada dry. And to all our American listeners who are, aren't close to the border, Canada dry. But yeah, Canada dry ginger ale. And my, then right from there, then we got a couple of interviews. So Joe Carter for the Jays, but my favorite, jo John Crock. How do you not like this guy? Uh, <laughs> says, well, yeah, the Phillies. It's are just amazing that he was a major league baseball player. 
It is. And he pretty much more or less said the same. Uh, so, so, yeah, we're all banged up the ass because a lot of the Phillies were hurt. Well, you know, I've got, I've got no speed and range anyway, so nothing's really going to change. Well, yeah, I mean, his first line was, well, I, I don't think too much, meaning referring to his injury. And then, yeah, he goes in, I have no range or speed, so the injury is really not affecting me all that much, which is just hysterical. It, 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 it was fantastic. And you can sort of see why he became mm-hmm. employed afterwards. At ESPN. Oh, loved, yeah. loved it. Loved it. Yeah, and you know, because he had the quick wit. I'm mm-hmm. sure he sort of like had, he was a big party or two and whatnot. I think that whole team was. Sure. As we're going to get into a bit. Uh, I remember in Canada because this is actually a game I watched. You know, that, that was going to come right out of my. I, that was my next line. So, so Kirk, where were you during this game? Were you somewhere with your ex-wife? Were you helping a friend move? No, what prevented I, I was, you from seeing this monumental game? I, I, that much more important to you. I, than I was at a friend's house and I, I was at a friend's house because we, we watched every game together. Okay. I, I was in Ottawa. So I watched every one of these, although I, it's amazing how much of this I don't remember. It, it's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, obviously I remember who was in the game, yeah. the primary players, but yet the bit, I mean, I, I mean, this was definitely not a pitcher's battle for this whole oh. series. I mean, the averages, the run scores, this was mm-hmm. an offensive series all but one game, which was the game before that, I think was a two nothing win for the Phillies. If I, I got it right here. I don't have uh, Kurt Schilling. To remember, but yeah, I mean, this was not, yeah, don't get me started. Uh, well, actually I don't, he wasn't, was he a lunatic back in 93? Well, we didn't know that he was a lunatic in 93. He was still pretty much normal, but yeah, two nothing Philly. Yeah, this, this is true. This is yeah. true. I mean, I, I, but yeah, other than that, it was a very offensive series. Mm-hmm. I also like to, uh, Pat O'Brien starts off this thing, uh, like things are changing in Toronto. The Leafs are 9-0. Yeah, it didn't go that well for him. Still hasn't. <laughs> I hate the Leafs, by the way. <laughs> so I kind, of, I kind of enjoyed that. He left out how well the Argonauts were doing. Can't imagine why. And then, yeah, and had to drop the Philadelphia Flyers doing fairly well. But again, I mean, World, World Series is in October. Hockey isn't really right. hockey till December. No, no. And for a lot of people, not even until the playoffs. Uh, right. Our commentators, Tim McCarver and Sean McDonough, who both suck. Sean McDonough I can deal with, but Tim McCarver is just useless. I mean, there was the, the line, and I can't remember what outfielder lost the ball in the lights. And says something along the lines, well, that's the position an outfielder takes when he's praying to catch the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't, yeah. And and I was thinking about it on the way here, because I had to rush in from doing whatever I was doing. And uh, I'm thinking, you know what? There's Tim McCarver, and then there's Tony Romo. And just the differences between former athletes and who can do analysis and who shouldn't do analysis. Tim McCarver is one who should never have been allowed to be in front of a microphone. And Tony Romo so far has been very good in his analysis of NFL. Oh, very much so. I thought uh, Sean McDonough, he, I, I forgot completely what he looked like. Uh, I, I thought it was Jeff Van Gundy for a second. All these guys looked, I mean, you look at him today. I mean, McDonough does some, I think he does some basketball, mm-hmm. but I don't remember him looking like that. But again, we're still, we're talking about 93. Yeah. which is becoming very long time, a long, long time ago. I mean, how I saw this game, uh, 
me and a buddy drove to Michigan to I think see Michigan, Illinois. Oh, cool. At the big house. Yeah, our buddy went to Michigan and he got us tickets and saw the game, great time. And then, yeah, it just so happened we watched the game from his dorm room that night. So we're all sitting around watching it. So yeah, that's that's where I was for this game. But yeah, that was my freshman year in college. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'd like to say that I wasn't drunk while I was watching this. <laughs> Which is why you might not remember all of it. Uh, yeah, cocaine didn't help either, but that's another story. Uh, Anyway, back to that. Speaking of cocaine, the Phillies were up, and here's their lineup. Uh, Dykstra, Lenny Dykstra to start off. That's a great segue from cocaine, isn't it? Uh, Dykstra, Mariano Duncan at DH, John Cruck at first, uh, Hollins at third, Darren Dalton at catcher, Jim Eisenreich in right field, Milt Thompson at left, Stalker at short, I forgot Stalker's first name, and Mickey Morandini at second. against Dave Stewart. Now, Dave Stewart, mm -hmm. I mean, he he's never going to get into the Hall of Fame. No. But those four or five years he had, he was probably one of the most feared pitchers in baseball. Not only for the stare that he gives you from behind his glove and the brim yeah. just showing his eyes, but he had the stuff. I mean, when he was in Oakland... And the years he had in Toronto, he was just, again, they, they mentioned, uh, mentioned it during the broadcast. He was clutch in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Dave Stewart's voice also does not match his face. No, it does not. <laughs> so, it does not. And I remember that. I remember that when he was first really? pitching, you see this stud on the, on the hill. Mm. And then you hear his interview and it's just, no. And I, I don't even, I, I don't want to offend anyone to try to compare it to something, but no, it does not sound like his testicles dropped. It, it, it's well, basically, it sounds like a lot how, when a lot of black guys do white man impressions. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a kind way of putting it. Yeah. That's really what it sounds like. It just doesn't fit. But hey, nevertheless, uh, Stuart, we, I, I remember this is Jay's fan. Just so we were so, I'm so happy to get him. Uh, Paul Molitor too. I mean, just, I, you forget just how loaded this team is in comparison to Philadelphia at the time. And when you look at, I mean, with the hindsight that we have now in 2021, looking at this 1993 team, you think like how that Philly, we even win a game. Toronto was that stacked. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. And that just goes. Okay, I think I'm back. I'm having internet issues. That's all right. We'll, we'll just, we'll plow through. All good. Okay. All good. Sounds good. All right. So batting first, Lenny Dykstra, uh, fanned in three. We're going to have a lot more to say about Dykstra, so I'll just sort of like leave a bit of that. But it was a great start for Stewart. Uh, Morandini flies out to center. Cruck uh, walks. Uh Kruk was actually having another person who had a really good series. Uh, they showed that he was batting 400 at this point. Uh, this was probably his best year, but he was done after this. He kind of foreshadowed everything with the yeah. speech. 
Like I've got this, I, this is all I, I can't run. I can't play in the field. And pretty soon he couldn't hit. Right. I mean, and if you're not a hitting first baseman, you're pretty much useless in this league. Right. And, you know, at that point there was just, he was 33. I, I checked to see what, what age he was. And you just, when you're taking care of yourself or not taking care of yourself, Rather, to put it bluntly, it's just going to catch up and it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you really faster, like when an Asian woman finally gets old. They look fantastic. And then, bam! I married one, so I can kind of make, get away with that joke. No? You, know, I, you know, and I was going to mention that we're talking about black men imitating white men. We're talking about Asian women getting old really quick. We're, you know, don't send the tweets to me. Send it to Not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Kirk will be respond to those tweets. I have nothing to do with this right now. Not the first, yeah, not the first time I've received hate mail, but oh well. And then Hollins pops up to Carter, and that ends the inning. Great start for Toronto. The fans are fans are electric. Uh, actually, what I should mention that so fifty two thousand. Orchard Park's owned Dave Hollins. What's that? Dave Hollins, Buffalo native from Orchard Park. Oh, okay. Uh, fifty two thousand one hundred ninety five people were in attendance. Uh, I think I. I probably met 60,000 people who have claimed to have been there. It's possible. Oh my God. Yeah. Everyone always says that, that they were there. I remember some people saying like, we had tickets for that saying that I got, I, I, I hope they, they lose game five. I remember hating that. Like, don't, don't think like that. That's the worst. Yeah. Thing you can't possibly think you can't because yeah, things can go awry in a seven game mm -hmm. series, which they oh. almost did. It came very close. I forgot how close this was. Actually, I forgot so much of this. Uh, so we introduced to the Toronto lineup, Ricky Henderson, who was completely useless as a, as a Blue Jay. Uh, although you wouldn't know it by listening to the commentators, but. No, I mean, they flashed up his average, nothing really to speak about. I no. mean, yeah, he could steal bases, but not stealing him at the rate Ricky would steal bases. Well, I, ch I checked what he, what he did as a J. So he batted 215, four home runs, and I was shocked by this. Still 22 stolen bases because they got him at the trading deadline. So it would have only been two months, and that's pretty damn good considering he really didn't get on base much. Right, but I mean, you'd think during the prime of his career, you're throwing up triple-digit stolen base numbers. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story about uh, Ricky Henderson uh, – played with uh Olerud later on with the I think it was the Yankees or the Mets I forget which Must probably have been the Mets, the Mets. I, don't, was, I don't think Olerud was with the Yankees okay so so the Mets yeah and then Ricky said you know I used to play with a guy like you who wore a batting helmet in the field yeah <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Olerud says that was me like no yeah <laughs> no, that, that I, was remember, me. <laughs> I remember hearing that yeah John Olerud professional oh, hitter Ricky professional Andrew. hitter Oh, so Henderson batting first, Devon White uh, drops to second, Molitor, DH. Think about this. We pick up Molitor, a future Hall of Famer, to replace another future Hall of Famer in Winfield. Mm -hmm. Like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah uh, Joe Carter ba batting cleanup, Olerud, who won the batting title this year. Well, I mean, just this whole series. I mean, Molitor entering this game 421, Alomar 429. Mm hmm. Fernandez, 389. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Al yeah, Alomar, Alomar's batting sixth. Yeah. And, like, because that's not where he used to bat. He usually batted second. Because uh, with the acquisition of Henderson, they moved everything around. 
Uh, I think I think a couple times they tried to actually put White batting last to sort of like play around with the idea of two leadoff hitters, but then they mm-hmm. moved to this. But yeah, Fernandez at short. And Fernandez is a phenomenal player in his own right. Doesn't get enough uh, play. Ed Sprague, third base. And catcher, Pat Borders. Pat oh, Borders, yeah. who is the MVP of the 92 World Series, and he's batting last. That's your number nine hitter. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I hated the Blue Jays for all these reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like a, why I kind of hated the Yankees. Oh, gee. It's kind of weird as a Jays fan. I don't hate any baseball team. I should hate the Yankees. I don't. I should hate the Red Sox. I don't. I, I want to beat them, but if, if we can't get past them, I don't root against them. Well, it's because you're Canadian. Uh, there's it's a lot a of te- it's a different mindset. A lot of teams I hate. Glenn. A lot okay. of teams I hate. It's just <laughs> there's no baseball teams I hate. A lot a lot of hockey teams I hate. There's some football teams I despise. Well, I imagine hockey. That's where your passion might be. Yeah, originally, it's kind of moved away from a lot of that. Eventually, we got to do a hockey game. That's that's the lineup. So Henderson's off first, and he did nothing. Flew out. Uh, Devon White walked. Uh, Molitor's up next, and they mentioned how he is a leading candidate for the World Series MVP. We can say, we'll just say he won it. I mean, I don't think I can do a spoiler alert when it's 28 years ago. No. Nah. Right, so. I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, you're listening to this because you remember it. And is it, I mean, if you see it up on the website and you want to take a look at the game, it's, it's there on YouTube. You can take a look at that. It, it's, right. it's an entertaining game. The broadcast holds up fairly well. I mean, it's not the grainy. I think Major League Baseball Network might have actually enhanced some of the pictures because it looked really great. so. Yeah. Uh, Molitor and the, and he lives up to that hype. Triples in uh, mm-hmm. white right away. We Toronto's got a lead, one nothing. Uh, Carter with the sacrifice. Carter gets a sacrifice fly to the war, right all the way to the warning track. Molitor scores, two nothing. Olaru doubles. So this is just going about as perfect as it can go yeah. from Toronto. Uh, we get a visit from the dugout. I forgot this guy was a pitching coach, Johnny Padres. There's a no pitch. recollection. No yeah. recollection whatsoever. Yeah, that that was a blast from the past. I haven't, I've been a pretty good Dodger, but like way back in the day, if I remember correctly. Uh, so then they also mentioned how Olerud won the batting title. Also, that uh, was Molitor was second, and Alomar was third. Yeah, like, holy stacked lineup. And no. I mean, Olerud was having a horrible, I mean, 214, I think he was bad in coming into mm-hmm. this game. So very uncon- ter- uncharacteristic of him mm-hmm. to not be hitting in this series. Uh, Alamar- but again, when, when he's, I mean, look at the, he just everyone picking him up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but just like, and then Alomar played him home. Alomar singles mm-hmm. home, Olerud, three, nothing Toronto. Oh, Alomar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, just in case we were thinking that, okay, Bucker's only going to pick on the Phillies. Well, well, well. Uh, Evan and I on the weekly show, we talked about Alomar when he was having some of his difficulties, let's just say. Uh, I guess Roberto hasn't realized that maybe in his early 50s, trying to hit on younger women who may not know who Roberto Alomar is, they don't want to catch the taste. That only makes sense if you saw those commercials. Obviously, Glenn did. Those commercials were by for this in Canada. We have this company called McCain, uh, which does a lot of frozen drinks and shit for a lot of frozen food. 
And so the commercial had Alomar there. He's playing with a bunch of kids. And then at this point, Alomar's English was terrible. So all the, all he could just do is sort of like play around in the infield and then gets the fist. Yeah. <laughs> and then af after he, he was alleged that he had AIDS, then my friends and I would say, catch the AIDS. That was his pickup line. Was that confirmed? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, that, yeah, that's either way, Alomar, the, the stories, this was like pre-internet, obviously. So the stories that I heard just from other people of, of Alomar's, I don't want to say philandering because I think he was single, but just the guy was a panty dropper is the best way you can describe it. Well, I mean, maybe he was aspiring to be the next Wilt Chamberlain. And he didn't have to, well, and that, I think that's the thing with a lot of good looking athletes. You don't even have to try. No. And I remember a lot of female fans, like that was the man they screamed for each time. It was Robbie. It wasn't the other ones. Always Robbie. And. Got to be that Latin heat. A deserving Hall of Famer, phenomenal player, but baby as a person, not necessarily. Probably, the probably not. It's guy. probably a good thing he played pre-internet. Well, he played into the internet era. Yeah, but not into the whole Twitter, uh, right. social media, and where you're. Yeah, that, that's the game. Where media is at your fingertips. I mean, every writer has a Twitter feed. Every person on the planet has a camera. Mm -hmm. So the expose. I mean, I, I would love to know what the Buffalo Bills of the '90s got away with that we didn't know, or any NFL football team got away well, with. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, like every team and everything. Uh, just uh, with my wife being in the hotel industry and talking to some other people, I already know a few things I shouldn't know. We'll discuss that uh, off the oh, broadcast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, so Fernandez flies out to right, and that ends uh, the first about as good a start as you could ask for if you're a Jays fan. Three nothing, Dave Stewart on the hill. Yeah. Uh, Philly does nothing in the second. Uh, Dalton flies out to left. Uh, Eisenreich flies out to left. Thompson grounds out. Uh, Having said that, they are getting to Stewart. You know, they're, they're hitting him hard. Mm -hmm. But so you can see vulnerability. There's a little bit, but he got deep in this game. That's also in an era where you could. Right. Yeah, because he, he would have been pulled way earlier. And, and same with Mulholland. Mulholland would never even gotten as far as he did. In, in nothing, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. So bottom of the second, Sprague pops up. Sprague. Uh, border singles. Henderson does, again, nothing. Pops up. White strikes out. So Mulholland's doing a little bit better. Uh, Sprague was an interesting uh, person in, in Canada for a bit, I, in 92, because I believe his, he, his, his wife was a synchronized swimmer for the U.S. who beat out uh, Canada's, or finished second. I forget which. Okay. Catherine Babspray. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is, but I mean, it was kind of, kind of, Canada was just discovering its nationalism, I, I honestly believe, around this time. Uh, actually, can I go into a Canadian thing? It's just, just something I, I personally believe. Okay. All right. And you being a Buffalo guy, so like you probably have some insight into this also. Uh, I honestly believe that Canada as a country really didn't discover itself until the early nineties. Uh, if you just, 
if you look at our pop culture, and that's sort of where a lot of countries culture does come from. Sure, sure. Uh, our TV sucked. Uh, <sighs> no, it sucked. It, it absolutely was trash. Uh, in the early 70s, the Canadian government did something that was terrible at the time, but turned out to be phenomenal. Uh, they forced a rule that said all Canadian television program or te channels must have at least 40% Canadian content. And it was also on the radio side also. Yes, also. Which is how I got exposed to the likes of Tragically Hip, Our right. Lady Peace, uh, Moist, a whole slew of other Canadian bands that I'm probably forgetting, Spirit of the West, mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, and a lot of, I mean, like in the 70s, I, mean, I, I only know, I don't really remember that, but I remember from like reading stuff about it. So it just meant that Anne Murray was forced down your throat nonstop because there wasn't that many once that came into effect. But then more came out, more came out. It just sort of gave an outlet for a lot of bands to grow. But Canadian media would always sort of like view a Canadian celebrity based on how they did in the United States. And also too, when you look at the whole thing with sports, we had our, we had our two Olympics, didn't gold medal in two Olympics that we hosted. Only really? country did, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, 76 Montreal, zero gold. Uh, 88 Calgary, zero gold. I did not realize that. Yeah, so, and in hockey, which we were kings, yeah, we'd win the Canada Cup, but that meant nothing outside of Canada. I mean, it should have. Or the border states, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it really didn't, even though the best players in the world were, were participating. They all did. So, yeah, we would win at that, but the Olympics, we'd never win because we weren't sending our best because we couldn't. In the early 90s, going, and you mentioned the hip. Do you remember when they played Saturday Night Live? Uh, Dan Aykroyd got him on the show, right? I don't... I don't know if he got him on the show, but I know he was hosting. Host? Yeah, he was the host that night. Uh, I didn't see the show live. I've seen replays of it, but yeah, I, I remember the hit being okay. on Saturday Night Live. So it was like a big deal. Think, okay, like because the hit by that point was already can't already established as Canada's band. Uh, this this would have been their fifth album. This was the Grace Two, I think. Okay, they put out. So I think that's album five, album six. I, I'm not positive, but Ackroyd introduces them. He's got an O Canada shirt on yeah, yeah. and down, Gord Downey, the lead singer, changes the first words of, of Grace 2. It says like, instead of saying, said, I think the first words I said, she's fabulously rich. She says, and he goes, hey, we're, tra we're tragically hip. Like, here we are. Mm -hmm. And the US didn't care. And Canada, or at least Canadians, this is the way I remember it in my head. It's like, you know what, fine, you don't like our thing, we don't care. We still love this band. This is us. And things were sort of changing in terms of what a Canadian identity is. I do think that a lot of Canadians, especially younger ones, look down on, on America for, bat, for dumb reasons. Whereas they'll say, well, Americans don't know anything about us. Well, they don't have to. <laughs> is what I always respond with like it's all they really need to know is that we're good people and we're, we're generally your friends on almost everything beyond that they don't need to know our political structure it doesn't help them in their life 
If they know it, great. Does it help them? No. Does it help us to know more about American culture? Yes. Sorry, that's how it is. Sometimes that's just how things are. But, the, but going with the Jays, that played a lot into this. This was the first time, and I'm not going to count the NHL because it doesn't count. No, again, outside of the at, in late 80s, early 90s, outside of the border states, no one cared about hockey. Right. They, they really didn't. So can't, So for the Jays winning the World Series. The national that, pastime. Right. That meant also a lot more in a built-up Canadian pride, even though I don't think there was one Canadian on this team. No. But it didn't matter. I mean, it, it didn't matter. I mean, if you're a Blue Jay, uh, except for Quebec, you're playing for the whole country. And now for Quebec, maybe it would right. be. Right, yeah, as of 1990-whatever when Montreal was yeah. forced out. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's sort of like a big thing. Joe Carter was not a star in Toronto. Joe Carter is a Canadian star to this day. So you're like, yeah. Still, yeah, and he always will be. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's my sort of like little Canadian history lesson, kids, if you cared. Sorry <laughs> if you didn't. That's my show. It is your show. Yeah. Okay, so end of the second. Philly still does nothing here. Stalker flies out, Morandini flies out. Dykstra gets a walk, and he's a dangerous person on, on the base paths. Uh, dangerous person probably in life. Holy crap. Uh, the Wikipedia page on just his legal entanglements is uh, you have to scroll at least three times just to yeah, get it's significant. Shit. But if I'm a Phillies fan, how do you not love this guy's hustle? This guy. Oh, no, I mean, even, I mean, be, even when he was with the Mets, mm -hmm. I mean, he's uh, nails. Yeah. That says it all. Lenny Dykstra wanted to win and that's that's what you want in, in a player. Turned out he, he, he's become a colossal asshole. I've got something I'm going to play a little bit later. I found him on YouTube uh, talking about how he pimps himself out. Oh, okay. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So maybe we'll play that a little later. Uh, and then Duncan strikes out to end the inning, uh, middle of the third, and it pretty much remains calm. Uh, three up, three down, which is impressive for Mulholland to sort of come back and do this because it was Molitor flying out. Carter uh, grounding out, Olerud flying out. And I guess it's sometimes why you just don't jerk a pitcher right out of the first inning sometimes. Right. Like, like we do now. So end of, end of the third. Kruk. Uh, so in the start of the fourth, Kruk grounds out to Stewart. Holland's infield pop up. Dalton gets, his, gets the first hit of the game, a double. And he did a phenomenal job uh, with his legs that you don't expect from a guy. That yeah. Size. I mean, again, they were talking about that earlier on talking about his seventh knee operation that's going to happen post world series. And yeah, it's a bloop and he just hustles right out of the box and gets yeah. to second. And because of that, because of that base running, which I don't know how in baseball, I mean, we always talk about speed and how important that is, but the home run is so important. It's allowed someone like Albert Pujols to remain employed. Yeah. Who is a former five tool player who was a one, two, one, two, now down to one. Cause Pujols, yeah, he yeah. doesn't need a toolbox anymore to carry his tools. He's just no. that one uh, shot. Yeah. And that's not, not a shot really at Albert. I mean, he's one of the best players of all time, but 
if you can't run the bases, so if, and if you're not hitting it out, you're, I don't want to say you're useless, but it's, it can be, it can turn into a liability. It makes it a lot harder mm -hmm. to score him. But he's, Dalton then is again great. Eisenreich singles to home Dalton. And that's all, that's all on Dalton. Like that was just incredible, you know, watching that big guy who's that hurt do what he did. Amazing. And, and just to play the position he played, mm -hmm. just ridiculous. Uh, Thompson grounds out, ends the inning, three to one uh, Toronto. Then they show us something from the Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, <laughs> I have been there. Okay. I was, I was actually, that, that was my, my note here. I was going to ask if you've ever been to the Dome. I, I assumed you had. I have been. A uh, couple, couple Blue Jay Yankee games there. Mm -hmm. uh, another time we just went up to Toronto to walk around the city, check out the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. A couple guys have never had never been to the the Hard Rock Cafe in the in the Sky Dome. So instead of going to the Hard Rock that's downtown, we made the trek to Sky Dome mm -hmm. to sit there. It was open and on game day, so we just sat there, saw the stadium from yeah. the Hard Rock, and got that out of the way is something they wanted to do. But yeah, I had my what overpriced burger, overpriced beer in there, and yeah, it was a good time. Oh, food and beer overpriced at the stadium. At the Hard Rock Cafe in the stadium? Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it is. Who <laughs> knew? I'm usually too drunk, and then I wake up the next day like, well, where the hell did my money go? <laughs> because back then, you you used cash more often than your credit card. I still, I'm, I'm still a cash guy. Are you? No, I, 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 I open my wallet and see their seats and say, holy shit. Yeah, no, I'm, that way I, I, I always know what I spend. Oh, I know what I spend. It's listed on the receipts. Well, I, 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 try, I try not. Anyway, but yeah, well, where I was going with that, though, it, it's so funny how things also change so quickly. Uh, when the Sky Dome opened, it was only five years prior to this. It was that state-of-the-art facility that, mm -hmm. ever, that put, I don't want to say put all other stadiums to shame, but in terms of technology, in terms of... Well, the retractable dome. Yeah. And then... A year later, Camden Yards comes out mm -hmm. and everything went retro. Yeah, yeah. And within just a few years, by the end of the decade, the Sky Dome was considered an eyesore. Just, I mean, it, it, given where it is, which is Canada, mm -hmm. given weather conditions, what they are, and the fact that you want to play baseball in that dome, you want to have the Argonauts play up there, it was a good idea. I don't know if you could design a stadium with a retractable dome back in 1993 to look aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I, I think I that's say, the case. I will, I will say, I mean, like, I like going to it when the dome's open. When the oh, dome, sure. When the dome's closed, it, it doesn't have the same vibe to it. Right, right. But uh, it's a great baseball stadium for football, it sucks. Never saw a football game there. Yeah. I mean, given the number of times that the, the Great Cup has been there, I probably should make a better effort to try to get to see at least a Great Cup because I'll never be able to afford a Super Bowl. No, better hurry. Who knows how much yeah. CFL we have left? Of course, I heard, sure. that. I heard that 40 years ago, too. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I mean, the, the CFL collapse has been predicted for several generations. It, yeah, and it was actually doing really good for the last little while. COVID's really hurt it bad, but... Uh, no one came here to hear, talk about the Argonauts. Save that for did another you, show. Did they? Well, maybe not. Uh, White flies out to right, and Mahler cements his MVP. 
solo home run. We mm-hmm. see, I think we see uh, Paul's, Paul's wife at this point, who has a lot of hair, but that was 1993. So a lot, a lot of women did. <laughs> oh. Oh, there was some big hair in the wife section. There was a lot of big hair in the wife section. I think also when they showed the Phillies, I don't know if it was the Phillies wives or whatnot, a uh, lot of leopard print. I was going to say that it was Philly chic, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, yeah, yeah, those, those women are Philly. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, if you're going to sort of like, uh, like have your cigarette dangling and, and your cheesesteak going, dripping down, leopard print is sort of something that's easy to, that's, that's right. I, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> uh, Carter grounds out. Uh, Olerud flies out, and yeah, we've got a 5-1 lead. Yeah, I mean, turn the TV sets off, Canada. You got this one in the bag. I'm sure a lot of TV sets were were turned off in in the U.S. at this point. Uh, Dalton flies out. uh, Eisenreich grounds out to Alomar. Thompson fouls out. Middle of the sixth, and it's looking real good. Uh, Then Roger Mason comes into pitch. they mentioned something, and I could I listened back three times. I couldn't figure out because it was such a mumble. They say how he's a born again Christian, and I couldn't tell whether that they said this causes problems in the locker room. They were alluding to something where maybe his lifestyle was contradictory to what the other Philadelphia players okay partake in. And it probably and it pro- okay. So the, so I didn't mishear that because I kept going back like did did he say that he's a locker room problem like I mean, he probably is because or if i'm offending any christians i'm not a, i'm not talking to you i'm talking to the born again ones because you guys are assholes uh just again email not in hall of fame <laughs> just, please don't send any evil tweets to kona dreams the, 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 <laughs> the opinions presented by kirk Buckner on his podcasts or those of his him alone and not his co-host at the time <laughs> well they're the ones always quoting you bible verses no you're right you're right and and for a group of and the ones putting trump in office uh I mean, yeah <laughs> i would imagine that probably i i don't know the breakdown of christian voting to republican i imagine pretty high Oh, it's yeah, it's the the evangelical Christians, born again Christians, how they just flocked to him, the three time divorcee, multiple philandering, cheating, misogynistic asshole, but he's leading the 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 Christian right. Anyway, I'll get off that soapbox and let you go on your. No, it's it's a the hypocrisy of a lot of politicians, left side too. Uh, we're we're seeing a whole lot of that now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'll go there. It's like a believe all women, unless it's a woman who accused me. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, Cuomo Biden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's he's in a little hot water. Oh, a little bit. Jesus Christ, that was the worst. That was the worst. I didn't do it. Speech I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But I could go on and on about that. I that's why I'm a political free agent. I think they all suck. Uh, <laughs> For the most part, but I always yes, born again Christian, having tr- troubling in the Phillies locker room. Well, who knew? Or maybe he was just annoying to the other Phillies, which is probably more likely. Could have been passing out Bibles pregame. 
you know who used to uh, pass out Bibles? This, uh, I'm, I'm segueing way off here, but I, I, I just learned this. And I thought this was interesting. Going back to Saturday Night Live, apparently Victoria Jackson used to do that. Yes. Like that blew my mind. That did, given given yeah. her her oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Just how comedic she is. I, I would never have guessed yeah. that she was born again. I guess I guess that was happening during the show, which is even weirder. And I think at the height of her fame, not that she ever made it that big. But, no, but you know who she is. Yeah, but I mean, she she got a chance to be in a major movie, uh, and it was called Casual Sex. <laughs> so, eh, I, I, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come come for the come for the podcast. Stay for Victoria Jackson discussion. That's twenty years <laughs> too late. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Mason did did very very well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alamar, although it didn't start off uh, great. Uh, Al Alamar, no, hold on. Al Al Alamar single. Yeah, no, he started the inning. So Al Alamar did, Alamar singled. Uh, they talk about how Alamar is a great, intelligent base runner. Uh, then I wrote down, but although not good at reading women's signs. Yeah, I mean, he, he can read the signs off of the first base coach, the third base coach, but yeah, 20-year-olds, I guess it's hard to uh, pick up those signs. Well, I also imagine, again, for probably years where he doesn't have to ask, and then he has to say, come on, baby, you know who I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. 50-year-old Alomar still thinks he's 20-something Alomar at the top of his game, and that's where that stems from. Yeah, they took down his uh, banner, too. Really? Alomar's banner, you know, oh, after wow. all that stuff, yeah. Okay. So, but that, I mean, yeah, so he was fired from his, I didn't, I didn't even know he had this job. So he had a consultant job for the Jays, got fired from that. A con, some kind of job with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Which I is didn't know that. Which is probably just to what shake hands. I mean, like, what do you need him to do? Living member of the Hall of Fame, keep him on the payroll when you need to yeah. put him out. Yeah. So he lost that, and then the Jays had a banner for him, and then they took that down apparently immediately. See, I think OJ Simpson is still on the Ring of Honor in Buffalo. He is, but I guess different. I don't want to say different times. Like I guess what OJ? Well, OJ was OJ was. He was never. He was never found guilty. Yeah. Okay. I know, but I I won't go there. But yeah, you're right. He was never found guilty. But that's yeah. Okay. I don't, well, I mean, it, it's a different thing. I mean, let's go back to Cuomo for a brief second. Uh, we know that he that he put a 10, to, 10 to 15,000 people in a nursing home that he shouldn't have done. We've known that for years, but this was the worst thing. It, it's, a, it's a weird time. They're both despicable, but one's clearly worse, and apparently it's not the one that it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Yeah. Anyway, Fernando strikes out. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> we might actually have to edit this one. <laughs> no, I'm not editing anything. <laughs> no edits. No, it's, it's at the top of the webpage. No edits. All right, we'll do it live. <laughs> we should do it live. I mean, get the YouTube stream going. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just too lazy to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the trophy husband has too much on his plate. 
I, I really do have a lot on my plate running all this stuff. <laughs> Where's Chris? Can we get Chris in here to comment on that? <laughs> you know, he'd have something to say about uh, yeah. your lifestyle that we're all jealous of. I've earned this. <laughs> okay, we should, we should get back to baseball. All right, spring continues to be shit, flies out. Uh, Borders pops up, end of the six. And then that's when they bring up uh, Bill Buckner. Yes, the flashback to 1986 World Series. Ironically, the first episode of the classic sports review. Mm-hmm. And then I think we get really the at-bat that changed everything for Philadelphia, in, in my opinion. Uh, Stalker, a 10-pitch walk. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time, because this is also in the, in the time when they didn't show pitch counts. Right. So they mentioned it. Stewart's at 109 pitches. Which Never happened today. No. Never happened today. Oh, God, no. No, especially when Stewart was, and again, he's been doing well, but, you know, there's been a lot of, he, he has been, they have been hitting, hit, get, you know, getting contact on him. Mm -hmm. Morandini singles, Stalker runs to third. Uh, Dykstra comes up and they mention this stat that blew my mind. His yeah, post go ahead. Yeah, so his postseason uh, batting average with runners in scoring position, 516. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can kind of uh, abuse, forgive him for being an asshole at times in the locker room if you're doing that. No, no one's questioning his yeah. baseball ability. It's the other things that later on in life that screwed him over or screwed oh. himself over. And then the commentators talk about how intelligent he is, <laughs> which I think. Just don't let him manage your money. I, well, I think in terms of baseball, you can have a high baseball IQ and be a complete moron. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I think that's what we have here with Dykstra, who is still constantly in trouble. I, mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to play something from Dykstra here, if, if I okay. can. Uh, so it's a YouTube thing. He, he's on Howard Stern. There's a lot here, but I'm just going to, it's where he talks about how he's a companion for hire on occasion. Oh, God, I did not know that. Yeah. Come on, play. What's your age range for fucking? Uh, uh, you like, like, would you fuck a, a woman your own age? Oh yeah, I mean, if yeah. They, if they paid me, if they, if they paid, paid you, you. <laughs> I have a few clients and very. You, you know, do like like women that pay you to fuck? Like not so much that far, but you know they want um, go ahead. You know companionship. No shit. Yeah. If they're like widows. Dude, that's the ultimate move. Yeah, I know. You get chicks to pay you to. Well, not chicks, though, dude. You're talking brown. You're talking, you're you're talking about, about older women. You're talking about a fucking great bush, bro. No shit. <laughs> I mean, have you know. seen these broads naked? Well, I mean. Will you fuck them to help them? Uh, you don't or, have to fuck them. Their bones are brittle. I see. <laughs> you get women paying you to, for companionship? Well, dude. Let's say dogs gotta eat, man. Wow. Well, How is, many women you got well, on the I'd like to get into that. There's three, but one of them's killing me. What do you mean? What do you mean? She always wants to fucking stick her tongue down my throat. Uh, and you're not into it? Well, she's fucking eating, dude, or something. You can, like, throw up. <laughs> so, I mean, but... You know. oh, you're a gigolo. You're a male gigolo. Like, would you ever fuck an 80-year-old? I, I mean... If you I, had to? I mean, it's my duty, you know? Right. I mean, <laughs> you're good, man. But it's not a lot of... It's not... 
it's not the, like it's not like it's not like missionary fucking pounding. I mean, no, that's that's, not. <laughs> that's Lenny Dykstra five years ago. Oh, uh, see, that's what happens when athletes don't manage their money well, get into all kinds of legal troubles, and you you, you become Lenny Dykstra, gigolo to uh, the geriatrics. I I. I I don't know what's worse, him doing that or him just saying, yeah, this is what I do, casually. Like, there's nothing strange about it. Uh, I thought for a second that he must have been doing a hell of a lot of drugs to have that kind of a mush mouth. I found an interview with him in 93 on Letterman just around the same time. Because it, mm-hmm. it was him and Molitor. Because, you know, Letterman's such a huge baseball fan. Yeah. His voice wasn't much different then. So, no. no. I couldn't remember how we used to talk, so I just I just thought like, holy shit, he must have taken. He he must have no. He, out. he always sounded like he had that wad of chew permanently in his mouth. Yeah. So yeah, that is that's him. It's also pretty much now. He, he's he's a train wreck. I don't know how this happens. How you go so far down a rabbit hole where it's like this. Uh, we, right, it's like Jose Canseco saying, "Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." If, I mean, if you got Jose Canseco laughing at Lenny Dykstra, you've uh... Ho- Jose still looks like Jose looks like a, like a giant stall. It's crazy. Well, I guess if he's not worried about taking about uh, testing, what the hell does he care? Yeah, I mean that's that. that I mean, you you and I don't know if you see the commercials about rejuvenation centers, but that's basically. Mm-hmm what he's doing with the, the, the growth hormones, the testosterone. And you mean, you get it done under doctor's supervision. You can, I guess, stay young forever. No, no, the, the, I don't know. Who's a better candidate for a Deadpool, Dykstra or uh, Canseco? Because Canseco is just going to drop dead from, some, from something. The, what time frame are we talking? Oh, geez. Are we gonna talk the next five years, next ten years? One of them will be done. Will be done in five years. Okay, we need to we need to have a separate section on the Notting Hall of Fame website, the the athletic Deadpool. Jesus Christ! <laughs> all, right. all right, so when you send those hate mail to me, it's actually I'll be in hell. So make sure you address it properly. <laughs> hey, we're just we're just looking for clicks, man. If that gets clicks to the <laughs> website, if people want to uh, put like, that's why the, Evan's the good one. I proposed to him a dead pool and he said he wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, he said he wouldn't do it. Ah! <laughs> he's, he's the good one. He's he's the good one. God damn. Uh, Love you, Evan. Oh, I I, I do. <laughs> I do. Well, Dykstra hits a three-run home run. Uh, fourth of the World Series, sixth of the postseason. Uh, Dykstra, if the Phillies come back and win this game in game seven, he's your MVP yeah. and it's not even close. And I mean, at the time he's tied for the postseason home run leads for home runs. I mean, that's incredible. It was. It it, it just was. So there's no outs. Uh, Stewart gets pulled for, I forgot this guy was a J, Danny Cox. I forgot all about him. I vaguely remember, and I think I remember him sucking, but that's, again, I just hated the Blue Jays, so. Well, he wasn't so great here. Uh, Duncan singles, uh, Crux strikes out on a check swing, and then Duncan steals uh, second. Holland, another great base running here, because Holland singles Duncan in right away. We've got a tie game. 
and it's still the it's still the sixth or sorry seventh. Can every base is loaded at this point? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, Dalton walks, and now we've got runners on first and second. Stottlemyre is now throwing, but he doesn't see. He doesn't come in. Eisenreich with a bloop single, just a fluke. That's right. That's right. They, that happens, and this loads it up. Al Leiter, who has been up and down for about two innings, finally comes in. Uh, Leiter and McCarver made a mention of why he wasn't in earlier to do the matchup, mm-hmm. which he was and- right. He was, but I mean, I, I'm guessing Gat, uh, Cito's going with whoever he trusts. Hmm. Speaking of Cito, why is this a name that we never hear bandished about for the Baseball Hall of Fame? He probably should. Be, and I mean, I think they kind of allude to, hmm. they alluded to a lot of things. They alluded to Sparky should be, you know, waive the five-year waiting rule for managers because they allude to, again, going to Deadpool. Sparky's pretty much up there. And back in 93, he was old yeah. and, you know, feet in the grave type of thing with managers yeah. managing deep into their sixties. Mm. I and mean, in some it, cases, seventies. Yeah. Let them in, let them be in when they're still managing. Well, yeah. And, I, they, I, and they alluded to Cito. He's yeah. going to get there. Yeah. And, and he didn't come close. Uh, he's not even, his name doesn't even come up. No. I mean, he is, I believe honored in, in Toronto at the Dome. I'm pretty sure he is as he should be. And people love Cito. Uh, I've never heard a Jays fan ever say anything bad about him ever. Anyone said anything bad about him. And yeah, the team was loaded, but they still, someone still has, there's been a lot of loaded teams that have, that have choked. Well, that Oakland A's reign of the mid to late eighties, they won one world series. Right. The Atlanta Braves Mm -hmm. quote unquote dynasty. They got what? One. One. So there's your examples yet. Is Cox in the hall of fame? Yes. Is Tony Lewis in the hall of fame? Yes, he is. Cito Gaston, huh? Yeah. So okay. I think that's that's a name that not only is not is not in, it's not even talked. It's not even discussed yeah. ever. And that that's but Pat Gillick is. Right, right. Well, you know what? I, I think we need to send a tweet to Vinny and let <laughs> him get on that. Because if you, if you present that to him, he'll, he'll because if the listeners don't, don't know Vinny, he's part of our group mm-hmm. and love the guy, but he wants everyone in the Hall of Fame. Pick a Hall of Fame, and he wants everyone in it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. We made a joke in our little community where I said uh, Vinny should have his own weekly show, and you responded, "Yeah, well, let everyone in show starring Vinny." <laughs> Vinny, we love you, buddy. You love him, love him. <laughs> ah. So late, Wait, late, we got Al Leiter, former Yankee. Yep. Uh, yep. Leiter's in. Uh, Thompson is pulled for Pete Incavilia. There's a name I, I totally forgot about him. I wrote he looks like uh, so, like someone who's in Lucha Libre. Yes, yes. You know, as, as sort of like one of the old, one of the elder statesmen, one who's lost his. I want to say former Texas Ranger. Yes, he was. Okay, yeah. Pete Incavilia, a little bulky as hell up top, and then just very narrows. But with another, another lovely mullet. There's a lot of great mullets on display. Croc had a great, nice flow. Well, Croc was the king. Oh, no, the king's coming up later. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that one's so good. Well, I'll, I'll, I have a line for that later. Uh, Incavilia, I don't ever remember being any, being all that good, but... Uh, Power hitter, struck out a ton. Yeah, but he did his job here. Sacrifice fly on the first pitch. 
And in, in now the Philly, Phillies have a lead, 6-5. Stalker bats for the second time in, in, in the inning, strikes out. But Stalker, I really think, is the star here. His work got out, uh, pretty much chased, put everything in motion to get Stewart out, uh, out of the game mm-hmm. and set the table for Dykstra. Uh, not bad for a guy I barely remember. Yeah. And again, this inning, this, this inning was huge for both teams. Mm-hmm. One, that it got the Phillies back in it, and two, Al Leiter kept them in it because it could have gotten a lot worse. Definitely, definitely. And Leiter would later on achieve far greater uh, fame as a starting pitcher. Because mm-hmm. uh, when he, he – the, the Jays were so patient with him, like after surgery, after surgery, and then – I remember the anger from Jay's management when Leiter left. So like after all the work we put into you. And then he didn't he win. Did he win another world series with uh, the Marlins? Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, not someone who's going to be a hall of fame guy, but a pretty damn yeah. world series with the Mets. And that did he go or not with the Marlins. And I think he got to one with the Mets. Mm-hmm. I think that subway series. Well, he had a very good career. Very sure. Good career. Yeah. Solid picture. Uh, Henderson remains shit, flies out, 0, 0 for 4. White strikes out, Molitor at bat. This is where they show the wife, and I just broke down lots of hair. Okay, we're bottom seventh. Yeah, bottom seventh. Of okay, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is the first instance where the cameras start looking for Mitch Williams. Yeah, actually, yeah I think that I wrote that down where that's sort of coming. Because uh, to set this up, Mitch Williams in the 15, in the game four, which would have been another good one to look at, because that was when the Jays won 15-14 in a wild, wild game. And Mitch Williams had to get, blew it. He had five outs to do, and he had a four-run lead or something. So Mitch Williams already was, like this whole year leading up to it, he had 43 saves, which was... Which is impressive at the time. It's, it's very, very impressive. But he was an erratic pitcher he was wild he adopted the wild thing persona uh-huh. of uh charlie sheen from major league i found right. a quote from charlie sheen where he, where he was asked about that he says you pretty much called the guy an asshole so like you didn't even give me any credit for it you know you come out to the music of it of the character you changed your number to 99 which shit yeah okay because that was ricky vaughn's number right right and you didn't say yeah i got this from from charlie sheen yeah, I guess it is an asshole move a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, Charlie Sheen didn't. Charlie Sheen did not write the script. Charlie Sheen did not put the character together. I mean, Charlie Sheen was the actor who portrayed someone's vision. And you know, and if you like fictional uh, athletes, you can check out the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, also run by me. Very entertaining. I think I think that's initially how I got turned on to this site. I just oh, found yeah, it okay. hysterical, and then just some of the shit talking you and I would go back and forth with. And here I am today, co-hosting. <laughs> so see, see people out there, this is what happens when you shit talk on Twitter. Take that for what it's worth. You become friends with a random Canadian who uh, <laughs> can sometimes be a little insulting, but. But yeah, I mean, wild thing, Williams, that he, he, he was at all of it. And later on, I mean, the one good thing Tim McCarver did say was, yeah, there's probably nobody watching in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, they, they probably closed their eyes whenever Williams came to the mound. Well, speaking of that, so I, I, I was finding another thing where they're talking about Kurt Schilling because he would, he would put the towel over his head. 
And so Mitch would say, Mitch would later say, well, that was so disrespectful. And another teammate of his, I forget who, might've been Larry Anderson, who, we, who we'd see later. I, I could be wrong on who said this. Said, no, said it was just uh, Kurt doing this because he knew the cameras would look at him. So they didn't want to, he didn't want to, the cameras to see him cringing with every Mitch Williams pitch. Well, no, he just knew that would get him camera time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, gotcha. which is, if that's what they thought of him then, because the, when I found that, that, that interview was in the early 2000s, so like well before uh, Kurt, I, Kurt Schilling became someone who he blocked you on Twitter. He did block me on Twitter. <laughs> What'd you say to him to get blocked? Uh, well, you know, it was, the, it was that time where he was trying, and, and ESPN did a piece where, okay, Kurt Schilling, blah, blah, blah. He's spending all this money to do a video game company, employing all these oh, workers, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And then several years later, when he started his political rants and whatnot, mm -hmm. and trying to be serious about it, I, something along the lines of, okay, I'm going to listen to someone's political and social commentary who blew 25 million of his own money on a business venture that wasn't going to get off the ground because you don't know anything about video. Something along those lines, the video game company, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So then I hadn't seen anything about Kirk Schilling in a while on Twitter. And then someone retweeted something and I looked at it. I can't view it. Why can't I view it? <laughs> I click on his and I'm blocked. So I'm like, yeah, I'm blocked by Kirk Schilling. So that's the story. Yeah. I'm blocked by a professional wrestler, Kevin Nash. I don't know why. So I don't think I've ever tweeted anything about him. I, did you not mention him on the wrestling section of the website? I did. Actually, it was okay. uh, very complimentary because a lot, a lot of internet wrestling fans don't like the guy. You know, may, maybe we need to get him on the podcast. I would imagine that would be hard for me to get considering he's blocked me on social media. Well, then you create another Twitter, Twitter handle. Oh, I could. I could. It's not that difficult, Kurt. Oh, well. Well, it takes effort. Oh. <laughs> yes. And that's effort I will use for other things. All right. Morandini strikes out. Dykstra walks. Duncan, uh, Duncan pops up, and we got uh, Castillo and Timlin up uh, for the Jays, neither of which we would see. Timlin was at a mate, one of the best. Uh, I thought one of the best middle, late middle relief guys never got his due. Castillo, I barely remember. Uh, Dykstra steals uh, fourth, fourth of the World Series. Like this guy was just incredible. Uh, but all for naught, Kruk uh, grounds out uh, with a broken bat, middle of the eighth. Mason's Mason begins his third inning. We see a sign. Oh, says, now, now, now the eighth inning, wasn't that when they got the graphic of two teams overcoming a four-run deficit facing series yes. elimination to win? That's the media jinx. Mm -hmm. The minute you throw something like that up, you're just jinxing. Yeah. And I, I, ironically, it was the, the, what, the 1919 White Sox and the Pirates? I think so. 1925. Well, 25, wasn't that, uh, wasn't it 25 Washington came back. So right then and there, they're anticipate. Oh, where'd my notes go? Uh, let me get out of here. I lost my notes. See, this is why we can't do the show live. Uh, 1925 not... pirates. 
1919 White Sox and 1925 Pirates overcame a four-run deficit in a World Series elimination game. So with that being said, you figure, okay, Philly's going to overcome this four-run deficit and win this game and add to that baseball history. And then a little bit more foreshadowing. We see a sign that says, hit it here, Joe. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Mason's uh, starts the third. We see uh, Larry Anderson and David West uh, in the bullpen, but Carter did not hit it there. He hit it, he just flied out to left. West comes in. Mason did great, uh, seven outs and just the one hit. Yeah. yeah like, like phenomenal performance uh, for Mason. So he earned his Bible verse that, that day. Uh, Olerud walks, Griffin sends him to, pit, to pinch run, it's, which is, you know, it's a ballsy thing to do because you're taking out Olerud's bat. Griffin was, at this point, uh, a little older, but he was definitely a lot faster than Olerud. Oh, yeah. Uh, Olerud could never really run. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting thing to sort of bring him in. And then Anderson's brought in at age 40. I didn't realize he was that old. No, neither did I. Yeah. So Alomar grounds out to first. Griffin already ran, so that's sort of like why he, he was brought in there, because it was a full count. So Griffin's safe at second. Uh, a real long at-bat, but Fernandez gets hit by a pitch. Oh, my God, did it look like it hurt. It's like the back of his thigh. I, I, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, Take crowd, him out for the team. Well, <laughs> didn't really have a choice. <laughs> Sprague comes up, and he actually had a really good at-bat. Work the count, walks. We got the bases loaded. Johnny Padres comes out, says, hey, what the fuck? Sprague? <laughs> and then we see- You write his lips, huh? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to run with, yeah. Well, because in 1993, trips to the mound didn't include covering your mouth with your glove, your face mask, or anything else so the other dugout can't read lips. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's how I know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so comes up, uh, Borders comes up, and normally, again, like I, I think the Jays fans and myself being one at the time, okay, it's the number nine hitter, but it's Pat Borders. Yeah, this know? is it. We're going to push runs across. Yeah, but popped up end of inning, and then then you know it's going to be really interesting because we we saw now Mitch he's warming up, so whew, we know what's coming. So can Philly uh, get some? some insurance at this point. Uh, Sprague, uh, so defensively, Sprague moves to first, Griffin to third, Ward comes into pitch, Wayne Ward, another underappreciated uh, reliever. Yeah, 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 I hated him. Again, speaking <laughs> as a Yankees fan, I hated him. You must have really hated Tom Hankey. Oh God, don't get, and Jimmy Key back in the day, yeah. Yeah, also, there's always something I always find funny when you see some of these ballplayers who don't look like they're, they look like they're accountants, like Tom Hankey. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not an athlete, but you are. They do it. Yeah. It's, it always gave me Kent to Colby vibes <laughs> going way back. Uh, but it's a three up, three down. Hollins flies out. Dalton grounds out. Isaac flies out. Williams in. They mentioned how he was destroyed last time, and whew, here we go. Uh, defensive substitution, uh, Batiste at third, but doesn't really matter. Uh, and I don't think he even saw, saw the ball his way. They mentioned how this is where we would know this already, 
how they're worried about how Mitch's velocity is way down. Right. And now, I mean, like we know spin rates, like everything. So they weren't really specific as to how it was down. They just knew that it was, or they didn't go into the specifics where a modern modern analyst would now say this because they would have that information. So Williams at this point, uh, I think we will mention, this was really it for him. He never played for the Phillies again after this. Uh, he had. Well, three- I mean, flash in the pan might be a little drastic, but he just. Well, he lost it. He yeah. lost. He lost his stuff. He lost his confidence. And he had three more years, but really, his, I think I checked this. Like the two years that he had after were ERAs over six. Yeah, you, you didn't hear from him again. Yeah, and this is where I want to talk about the mullet. This was a mullet that had a mullet. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else to describe it it should have had its own contract and uniform it should i mean it, <laughs> it, it, it was glorious it was unruly it was wild just like him and i forgot also too that he pitched so hard or the way he the way he, oh, he fell off the mound he, yeah I, I don't ever remember anyone else ever doing that all the, like all the time yeah. that's what he does no, I can't. No, I mean, that was that was his signature. And you always wondered, well, how the hell did he pitch? How did he keep his mechanics going through? And when you got something like that, there's a lot that can break down. And when it does break down, it's just not going to work right. And evidently, that's what happened with him. He was he was uh, the look of Kenny, Kenny Powers, I think was modeled. I know it was modeled after John Rocker, but the look is Mitch Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we know we already know things are go- going bad because he walked Ricky Henderson on four pitches. Which he wasn't having a good series. No, he was not having a good series. He was not having a good you run. You throw to Ricky and you take your chances of him maybe doing something. And, and that's the thing. Ricky might have been not great at the uh, at the plate, but he was still Ricky Henderson on the base paths. Exactly. You. You. I mean. For, I mean, he stole bases up until he retired. Yeah. The speed um, never really left him. And even when the speed goes away, hmm. still have that mental capacity of what you got to do to get to second. Right. This is where McCarver says, television is a visual medium, but not in Philly because nobody's watching. <laughs> and then the kid... He just want to take a baseball bat to his head and just say, you know, why? It's... I mean, it's true, yes, but you don't need to point it out. Well, they're watching like this, like, uh, or like this, and it's, and then they pan to the dugout, and it's like the looks on their faces, it's like they knew they were fucked. That's what I wrote. I mean, like, I, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but. Well, you know, I mean, we talk about relievers, yeah. and should relievers be in the Hall of Fame? And I, of the opinion that a select few should be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm going to step on my Yankee soapbox and say, yes, Mariano Rivera is one that yep. should be. 100% voting should be. And the one stat I saw the other day with him were that more men have walked on the moon than Mario Rivera has allowed postseason runs. 12 men have walked on the moon. Mariano Rivera's allowed 11 runs in 98 innings. I, I, I don't know the exact stat, but as great as Mariano Rivera was in the regular season, his postseason numbers were even better. Yeah. How does that happen? 
when you're that good and you can take it to that other level? How? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no problem with Rivera getting on, on a perfect ballot. I have a problem with him being first because there's like a dozen players who should have been, who should have had that. Sure, and probably internal Hall of Fame voting politics played a role in that. Yeah, oh, no doubt. But I, but I guess Mariano Rivera was just such a nice guy that that pushed him over to where he probably didn't piss anyone in the media off. Also a Trump supporter, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. Well, it happens because it just does. Politics, yeah, politics be damned. Uh, I've got some good friends of mine who are right-wing people. I don't completely understand it. I have some friends who are left-wing. You don't completely no. understand it. <laughs> no, but if once they go extremist, then I'm done. Yeah. Like, like that, that's where, where I, I am, I'm done with, sure. with, with, with anybody if, they're, if they go that way. But moving on. Uh, let's, see. So, let's see. Long at bat for white, for white, but he flies out to left. So a bit of relief for people in Philadelphia until you see that Molitor is coming up. And he does what Molitor does. He singles. Uh, I, I forgot something else that they mentioned. Uh, I don't think it was here, maybe at this at bat, but they said that he's he was the first player. I don't know if anyone has ever done it since to have two doubles, two triples, and two home runs in the World Series. That's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Uh, how did Bud's, Bud Bud Selig let him go? He lowballed him when he was the owner of the, uh, of the Brewers. Yeah, you know, Bud. I, not that I ever had that much respect for, respect for Bud Selig, but I mean, he was the commissioner that had the plans to dissolve the Minnesota Twins, mm-hmm. but you know, we're going to keep the Milwaukee Brewers up and running because they're doing so well at the box office. They're doing so well in the stand. I mean, those were, I mean, basically, for, forgive the pun, but they were twin franchises. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the Midwest not really bringing in a lot of a lot at the box office. So why are you planning to dissolve the twins and not the Brewers? Well, because I'm commissioner and I still have a vested interest in the Milwaukee Brewers. The sad <sighs> thing is he's not even the worst commissioner. No, he's not. Uh, it, it's yeah, there's so, so many bad commissioners. The one who I think right now is the best commissioner is the one who might have some, he's having the hardest time is Adam Silver. I mean, ratings are plummeting in the NBA. And at some point... And I wonder if that has to do with the current politics of the day. A lot. I think it has a lot to do with it. I mean, he should be like the commissioner of all sports. I wonder, I know know I'm segueing out out here, because like uh, there's a lot of people rejecting wokeness in terms of not necessarily the wokeness ideology, but the wokeness preaching, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, so... I wonder, because the NFL is sort of going a little bit more in that direction, if that's going to turn a lot of people off. But I think with the NFL, I thought a few years ago, they were, they were going to, not necessarily screwed, but in big trouble with all the concussion issues. At the end of the day, fantasy football and gambling. It's the best sport to play fantasy sports, and it's the best sport to gamble on. The NFL is going to be fine no matter what happens to it. Oh, sure, sure. Right. It's, a, it's a drug right now. It is. Uh, and I need more cowbell. <laughs> Molitor singles. We got runners on first and second, and it's Joe Carter. Uh, we get it to a two, two and two count. Uh, it's looking actually good for, for Mitch because 
he got uh, Joe to chase one. Right. And well, not that he didn't, ch- he put exactly where he wanted it to, where Joe wanted him to. Home run in the deep left. Fireworks go off. Everything is just bedlam. I've never heard a louder crowd ever. Uh, that's the one thing that was etched in my memory when I went back to sort of with all this. I remember that sound perfectly. And when I, when I got to that point, it was exactly the way I remembered it from how, from how it played. Okay, now, now, what was a younger Kirk Buckner doing when that ball came off the bat? Yeah, that was it. I mean, I'd love to say something fun, funny, but that was it. <laughs> I got my one buddy, another Jays fan. We were just because we just watch every 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 game. You know, was, he had a, he already had a house, so I just went there. And did you cry? No. Okay. I didn't cry. I didn't cry. No. Did you cry the year before? No. No, I was super oh, happy. Yeah. There was like a giant smile on my face. Uh. Uh. God, God. No tears of joy. No, we've finally done it. Nope. Canada's finally on the map. No, no. It was, uh, if, if it would have happened, it would have been when the Saints won the Super Bowl. It didn't happen then. Of course, then I was at, I was at a, a party with a bunch of other people and I was completely hammered. So, yeah. I'm sensing a theme here. Well, yeah. Again, we're looking for sponsorship. Yes. Uh, rum would be a good one since I'm drinking a lot of that. And pretty much here, well, they don't have breathalyzers. They instituted breathalyzers in Barbados, right? <laughs> but they didn't have a limit. So it's like, what the <laughs> point? That's awesome. So, we got these things. We just don't know what the legal limit's going to be. Well, they, didn't, they didn't put one in. So it's like, okay, so, because, yeah, that was a year ago, December. So people said, oh, well, we've got to be a little bit more careful. So what's the, what's the alcohol limit? Well, there really isn't one. What the hell's the point? Well, to, so, to know if you really were drunk then, like, what the? Island time, island laws. I see, you got I a see, good gig going there. I see cops buying beer. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I think a rum sponsorship might work here. Okay. So we see every everyone celebrating. It's fantastic, uh, it, like everything. But then going back to, I'll say it was Larry Anderson who said it because maybe you see all the Phillies leaving, but Schilling staying there. So does Schilling staying there so, the, so that he's hoping that maybe the camera's going to get on him? Could be, probably. Like, I don't know. Given how we know how his ego has has expanded. Which maybe, I mean, do we go even further and the bloody sock, did he already somehow put, I mean, we're going like WWE style razor blades in the wristbands to pull them out at a just Good great break. time to get get the ankle and sock bleeding to get the dramatics going. And I guess if we're going to say all this about Schilling, then it's kind of interesting that he, that he really began to hate the media, isn't it? Once they started going a little bit ways that, that he didn't like. Uh, here's a, also a fun thing. Uh, check out Kurt Schilling's cameo. Kurt Schilling's cameo. Yeah, because uh, you can actually, you don't have to get one, but you can actually see demos that they've done. Uh, he seems to be a, doing it literally in a bunker. That's kind of how it looks. Like there's magazine, like it, it's not in an office. It looks like a bunker where he just put all his stuff 
and like all old records. I don't know what I've described books, records, everything. So it's like his wife just said, okay, well, you lost all her money. So this is the only room you get. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing for somebody at that status. He's a weird dude. I do think though, he does belong in the baseball hall of fame. Uh, I, I really believe that. Uh, I don't know if you do though, but he's a borderline. borderline? I mean, okay. for the for, for the first half his, of his career, he really didn't do much. Mm. And then he blossomed, became the Kurt Schilling in the back half of his career. But again, is that good enough to get him in? And think, then are you going to open it up for other players who didn't have a full career that says Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'm. I, I guess I'm on the other thing with that. On that, I do think his playoff uh, accomplishments puts him over. Uh, I, I do believe that. But yeah, you know, going back to that, I mean, so like when he said, take me off the ballot, is that just a way that part of his psyche says, hey, you're talking about me? I'd say any publicity is good publicity, but that's not always the case. For him, though, it's not like he's going to be hired by a company to do television ever again that's done yeah that he's never going to get on a major network any type of media stuff again he's going to be doing from his basement yeah. and having said that though the best thing that can happen to him to make him more valuable in terms of his autograph and all this other stuff is for him to not get in it's it's worked well for pete rose pete told me that when i interviewed him he basically said, I'm more I'm if, if I would have gotten into the Baseball Hall of Fame, I wouldn't be as famous or, or I wouldn't be as known as I am now. He'd be just another Hall of Famer versus Pete Rose, the hit king that's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. But Schilling, though, we know that there's a lot of voters who say, I'm not going to vote for him because of who he is, not because of what he did on the field. And so once you start having people openly say that, who have that type of power, you become, you enter into this weird martyrdom. Oh, sure. And there's a certain sect of the public that are going to hop on that and be behind him and he can make a career off of that. Yeah. And that's what, what I think it, it, it could boost up his, you know, his asking price for autographs. So one guy, uh, I forget who it was who said that, blanking on who it was who said who said he's not voting for him because he doesn't want his price to go up for an autograph thing more is more or less what he said i don't want him to be more famous and he, he missed it completely yeah the best thing you yeah. can do is put him in he's not mm -hmm. going to get more famous from because then what's he going to whine about the man's against me well now that if you put him in then well you take away his biggest gripe you know i mean how close was he this go around i can't remember how much he, he came close yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, I, I want to say he was within just a handful. Yeah, yeah. I look it up as I've stayed my band with this crappy today for some reason. Yeah, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, first thing comes up, Kurt Schilling, bloody sock. Oh, God. All fame votes. Voting by year. I do think that's exactly why he said, like, kick me off. I don't want to be on this. Nah. Uh, da, da, show. 
70%. Yeah, so that's another 5%. Which, which you could easily get, but- Go get in. I, I don't know. It's, there's, there's no big name coming up, so. Well, there is. I mean, that's what, what do we got here? Uh, Schilling Bonds Clemens. Because <laughs> there's no first thing. Oh, listen, okay, look at this lineup. So Schilling, who hates the media and the media hates him. Bonds, we know the story. Clemens, we know the story. And then we have Roland. And then Omar Vizquel. I don't think he's ever going to get in. Nope, he, uh, he's, he's blown He screwed it. himself on that one. Yeah, totally. He's totally screwed himself on that. Uh, he, that's it. I mean, like, this stuff matters now. Yeah, and I think we, we had discussed that earlier in the year when we had our Hall of Fame show on the baseball mm. inductees and how Vizquel, yeah, a great player, the comparable is Ozzie Smith, but Ozzie Smith hasn't done what Vizquel has done off the field. See, I, I don't, I never consider, I always thought of Vizquel more of as a defensive compiler in a way, but mm -hmm. either, either way, that's, that's the 2021 ballot. Uh, one last note that I didn't remember at all, uh, when they were talking to Joe Carter and, I, I did not remember that he almost signed with the Kansas City Royals. I had no recollection of that. Yeah, and so apparently he said he was like super close to that. I don't remember this at all. So nope. that's sort of interesting. Uh, was, yeah, that's kind of why I brought that up. Like, I wonder if, if you heard that. No, I just, again, Toronto Blue Jay, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Which, in the, in the, yeah, and that was from uh, Tom Cheek, I believe. Yeah. Uh, also in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and that was the radio broadcast. And it's sort of interesting, and it says really everything right there that when I proposed this to you, that was your response. Touch them all. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a that, That's synonymous. And again, I, 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 had, I had forgot that it was the radio broadcast and not the television broadcast. So when McCarver and McDonough came on, I'm like, damn it. They, okay, yeah, that's right. That call didn't happen on the broadcast. That was a radio broadcast where it came on. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's right up with uh, Kirk Gibson's home run call mm -hmm. that you just re remember. Yeah, but it says, I think it says a lot that that uh, neither of us remember McCarver and McDonough because they're so bland. Mm -hmm. They're they're bland and they suck. Well, you know, that, that's, all, I'm not going to say always the case, but most of the time, your radio broadcasters are so much better than the television broadcasters because not only do they got to know the game, they got to follow the game, but they have to paint that picture. Right. And the ones that are really good paint such a great picture. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, and again, I've just going to the hockey end of it. I've had Rick Jenneret and Ted Darling for so long. Uh, the guy who used to do the, and I don't know if he still does the Pittsburgh radio broadcast, you know, scratch my back with a hacksaw and some of those lines that he just comes <laughs> out with. The radio broadcasts are just so great if you get a good radio personality doing it. Oh, absolutely. So we might have something planned next. So with that, everyone, the sports review door is closed. Bonk. I think that's how a door sounds. No? Okay. Well, you didn't come here for sound effects. If you did, you came to the wrong damn show. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody.